Welcome back to another episode of Self-Care with Lauren and Blair. My name is Blair. Hey, I'm Lauren. It's been six months? Seven months? Could be eight. We don't know. But we haven't podcast in a while. And I'm just I wanna start the episode by talking about what happened, why it's been so many months, if that's okay. Yeah, we need to hear this. This is gonna be like weird to talk about, but we're gonna do it. So my boyfriend of two years, who we talked about spending our lives together, we lived together for a period of time, we had a very happy relationship, broke up with me. So I'm not going to get into specifics of what happened. Long story short, from my perspective, this came very suddenly, very quickly, and I felt extremely lied to during the whole process it's obviously very hard because I feel blindsided and I feel betrayed and I still continue to experience those emotions to this day but on the flip side over the last two years I never put myself first and I'm not resentful of that it's just a fact and when life gave me lemons I booked plane tickets and I upped my fitness routine, and I worked on being the best version of myself I could possibly be, and I'm now a very different person than I was when I was in that relationship, for the better. And I think the best thing that came from this was finding my strength. Um, I was a very self-conscious person in my relationship. I never felt pretty enough. I never felt mature enough. I'm not saying that was anyone's fault. That's just how I felt. But I look at my strength now, that's now where I get a sense of beauty and a sense of purpose from my strength. And I don't think I would have established that sense of strength had it not been for this situation. I think I'd be way worse right now than I am had I not practiced self-care before. That to me is what self-care is. It's stabilizing ourselves enough to be mindful, to be gentle, to overcome, but overcome in our own time and to get through that discomfort in a present, healthy way. Is that progress? Yes. Like, is this not something that you've really vocalized before? Oh, no. I go to therapy, like, a lot. It is exhausting to talk about, especially at the beginning. It was so exhausting. Well, that's what I mean. Like, obviously, speaking one-on-one to a therapist is different than publicizing this information. And like, like, is this your first time publicizing yes. it? Well, it's brave of you to share your story. I feel like people could also think I'm not smart for sharing my story, and I think, like, you never know who's listening. I feel scared that people would be offended, but also like I've been offended. So yeah, I don't know. Like I can't really, like I fully sympathize with you, but I can't empathize because my first serious relationship is the man I'm now married to. So I've never had the rug pulled out from underneath me and not really known how to progress forward. But I can imagine that that's like, it's terrifying. Yeah. Like you put so much energy and effort and love into someone and then it's gone and I I can't wrap my head around it still I've gone through a bad breakup before but in in comparison to this that was nothing and I thought that was everything right yeah you guys were together for a long time and it was very serious I do hope that you you know finish your grieving process and you heal and you get back in the saddle because I do have to say like you're only 23 almost 24 Mm -hmm. you are most definitely in the best shape of your life oh I I lost 18 pounds. Yeah, she definitely has. She definitely's got some some six-pack action going on. We just took a yoga class and yeah, you looked so strong. 
physically and mentally and so toned when you're ready to date again, there will be a lucky guy out there waiting for you and, and readily willing to accept you in all your glory. So oh, thank you. Get back in the saddle ASAP. I can, I, I, we talked about this, but I can't imagine getting back in the saddle anytime soon, but you know. Do you think that there are some gentlemen eagerly awaiting that to happen? Yes, I do. (gasps) Prospects? But I'm not interested. Okay. I think the beauty of being young and single is that you have the ability to be selective. And now you know yourself a lot better and what you like and what you don't like and what you need and like your non-negotiables. And I feel like you most definitely, when you're ready to date again, will pick accordingly and you can Mm -hmm. be selective okay you know what my fear is I am so selective as it is that my like I'm gonna get real my biggest fear is not being able to like someone as much like that's what I'm scared of I'm so picky as it is that I don't know if I'm gonna like people that's fair the only parallel that I can draw to this is when I was pregnant with my son, I was really worried that I wouldn't be able to love him the way I love my daughter. I didn't think that I had room in my heart for two babies. And like, I never knew love the way I knew my love for her. And then the second I gave birth to my son, I was shocked at how easily and naturally that new love came to me. So new love can happen and it can be real and it can be even more magnified and maybe the next person that you date the love will be different Mm -hmm. and it'll be a different kind of love but it could be the greatest love of your life yeah I can't see that far yet but what one day I'm this is the only time in my life I consider myself to be like young like yeah because you're generally an old soul so I feel old but I'm actually not. No, you're not. Like the world is your oyster and you have so many years left to figure out what you want to do with your, like with your love life. You have so many different ways of meeting people in 2020. You know what I will say was very assuring. Okay. So we took this yoga class. The teacher would not shut up. Literally he didn't shut up. It was very aggravating. However, he said one thing that really resonated with me. So he, I guess, okay, backstory, we were talking about this. I believe that when you do yoga, the point is not to distract people. It's to breathe through the discomfort because that's what life is about, breathing through discomfort. That's what yoga tries to teach you. The yoga teacher was telling us all these stories. I was annoyed, but he was talking about time. And he said that you can live your life under the notion that you are living every 30 seconds. Life can change so quickly for the better. I'm constantly searching for like little like nuances. Yeah, like that to like make me think like, oh, like my life's not over. Yeah, there's (laughs) significance and meaning in everything if we choose to read into all of it. But my whole thing for 2020 is I'm kind of just trying to be like a superficial thinker. Honestly, that would benefit me too. Being superficial and not over analytical and finding purpose in every 30 seconds of our lives to me seems more practical and really good for your mental health. My therapist told me the same thing actually. She said, you're someone who like will be given an inch and you'll take it as a mile and you read into every single thing. Like not every single thing is destiny. 
sometimes things just happen. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to. I'm also the same. Like, I, you know, an inch is a mile to me mm-hmm. all day, every day. But I'm working on not looking ahead and kind of just... I know, I know it sounds cliche, but I'm trying to be present and in the moment. I would say that's a big resolution I have for this year is to just enjoy where I am now as opposed to thinking, oh, if I had this, then I'd be happier. If I had that, I'd be happier. Well, it's funny because that kind of segues nicely into sort of my beliefs for 2020 because we're sitting here on January 11th and I'm realizing as I get older, I'm very anti-resolution. Even like last year, our podcast was about setting intentions and I'm like, it's not beneficial for me. Ultimately, every time I set an intention or a goal or a resolution, I fail, um, which of course leads to like self-doubt and, you know, inferiority and lack of compassion for myself, which is not what I want to be. So my word for 2020, I decided to establish a word as a foundation and a mindset is tranquility of mind, of body. And so I've had, I guess 2019 was like a really stable year for me emotionally, um, but physically it was exhausting. I ran myself ragged trying to balance being a mom, a teacher, and an influencer who was getting progressively more invites to things, tastings, media events, asking for collaborations for products, and I found myself saying yes to too much. And it wasn't good for me physically. It wore me down. Um, I had a, a medical test last summer for my Crohn's disease, and it indicated that I do have inflammation in my bowels, active inflammation, and I was put on medication, which is surprising given the fact that I feel relatively healthy, but my body internally is not healthy, and I took it as a sign to slow down. Which is interesting because we had a podcast about nutrition, and you had mentioned that you had not ever really had to be on medication. No, I've not been on medication since uh, prior to my my bowel resection surgery in 2007. So I've been unmedicated now for 12 to 13 years. And uh, being told last summer that I need to be on medication was a huge blow to my mental health because in my head, I've always felt healthy. I don't have symptoms. I'm very lucky that my Crohn's disease has not had any bearing on my quality of life. So I was told I have to be put on medication and I actually do um, infusions every eight weeks and it's called Intivio and it's a biologic and it's something that goes straight to um, my intestine and it doesn't really affect my health or impact any of my organs. It's a very pricey drug that my insurance rejected. I'm not paying out of pocket. I don't pay out of pocket, but um, it's bad. It's a very, very pricey drug, but it seems to be, well, I don't have any frame of reference as to whether it's working for me yet because I've not been tested. Um, but I've, I felt fine before it. I feel fine now. I still feel very blessed that I feel good. Mm-hmm. But that being said, being told that I need the medication and going for these infusions every eight weeks has really taught me to focus on my health. And what that means for me is saying no to a lot more. Um, specifically the the media events and the tastings, the restaurants, I can no longer go to those. So, you know, uh, prior to late last year, I was going to these 
tastings at restaurants once a week, sometimes twice a week. And I was just like gorging myself. Whatever I wanted, pizza, burgers, fried chicken, literally whatever was offered to me for free. And and with that came cocktails. So alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I was not treating my body well. And I would go to bed on a full stomach because I would get home from these kind of late and I would just go straight to sleep. And I wouldn't be in any physical pain, but I would just feel like absolute shit. Like nauseous and just like heavy and, and uncomfortable and never feel like I was in pain, thank God, but just not in a pleasant physical state. And so what I learned from the test results and finding out that I needed to be medicated was to really slow down. And yeah. to say no to more. So because my word for 2020 is tranquility, I've written down a few things about specific aspects of my life that in 2020 I want to slow down with or stop entirely. Okay. Let's hear them. Okay. So basically whenever I get invited to something, be it an event or a request for a collaboration, I ask myself, does this serve me? Mm-hmm. Do I believe in this product? Do I believe in this restaurant? Does it benefit me in some way mentally, not just, you know, financially? Because full disclosure, I am making income to some extent now off of my Instagram. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the type of person who will just do anything for a dollar. So I ask myself, does this serve me? And if it doesn't, I politely decline. And I think that's the mentality we should have with a lot of our life with the people in our life with the activities with how we spend every hour well that's funny because on my list is cutting off several toxic friendships and people who try to control my actions um there are some influencers that i associate with that i feel are not serving me in the best way possible or my interests and uh it's it's not the most positive community And I've learned that over the last year. So I've definitely distanced myself from a lot of influencers. Not necessarily friends. There might be like a friend or two here and there. But for the most part, I've distanced myself from the influencers I've associated with. Um, And and a lot of the reason why I won't go to these group tastings anymore is because they're very claustrophobic and overcrowded. There's always like 40 influencers and they're all there with their cameras and it's the same dish of food that we're all trying to get the best shot at. And so it's just really aggressive. Yeah. And it's not healthy. No, it's not healthy and it's and it's competitive and it's a very competitive community and I think that like bloggers don't realize that especially in a big city like Toronto, there's a piece of the pie for everyone. And and we don't have to all be vultures and sharks and super aggressive to get what we want and to grow our accounts and to get the best shot. Um, so yeah, I, I've just said no to a lot of group tastings. I've said no to a lot of specific things with influencers in general. Um, there was an app that I was using and I won't name it, but essentially it matches uh, influencers to brand campaigns and um, you have to apply to the campaign and then the brand has to look over your account and your blog and that sort of thing and then assess you and decide whether you get picked for the campaign and I think a lot of influencers in the city use this app and so it's competitive Mm -hmm. and I applied to over the I probably had it for about six months this app over the six months I probably only applied to maybe six or seven campaigns because a lot of them just weren't up my alley um but I got declined from every single one of the campaigns that I requested to join 
And for me personally, that in, like I internalize that. That's a personal jab because a lot of times brands won't look at how many followers you have. They're going to look at the quality of your content. They're going to look at your engagement. There's other factors beyond just how many followers you have. So when I get declined to do a brand campaign, I'm thinking they're looking at my account and thinking, well, that looks just like crap or well, that's not what we're looking for or really she should work on her photography skills. And I internalize a lot of that and I, you know, I take what I do pretty seriously which is probably fundamentally an air problem to begin with, but I take it very seriously and getting denied all those campaigns from this app was just chipping away at my self-confidence and it was causing me to have a lot of self-doubt. So I deleted the app and it was so liberating. So liberating. I deleted, I, I go through phases of deleting social media off my phone and it is very liberating, but I, it's my job, but when I can, I do delete it and it's great. Yeah, I felt like, you know, if you don't want to ever pick me and you don't like what I'm doing, we don't need to be here. Mm -hmm. So I deleted it and I've seen, you know, a lot of friends and acquaintances do campaigns for this app since. And I, I used to get a lot of like FOMO and these twings of jealousy and feeling like, why do they get it but not me? But I've learned not to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like everyone's doing their own thing and a brand will see something like they like in someone and they will see something they maybe don't like in me. And it is what it is because there, there are brands out there who I work with who think I'm wonderful. Like just yesterday, this overnight oats company that I work with, Yummy, Shout outs to Yummy because they're awesome. They're based out of Montreal. I've been, you know, posting photos for them and stories and I genuinely love their product. I use it three, four times a week. I make their overnight oats and they're delish. They asked me if I could shoot a video for them, essentially like an ad just talking about the product. And they really framed it in a positive way where I felt very flattered after reading the offer to ask me to do it because it was like, we like the way you speak. We think you're articulate. You're the right woman for the job. Nice. Yeah. So for every brand that I work with that um, doesn't, or the brands that I don't work with that don't believe in me, there are ones that do and mm -hmm. think that I'm doing, you know, a good job with this. So it's nice to get a pat on the back, but I've also learned to accept that, you know, the events will go on without me, the brand collaborations that don't work for me will go on without me. And I don't have to feel like I'm missing out. Mm -hmm. I don't have FOMO anymore. Like that's because the best you've, part. you've developed a sense of security within yourself. Yeah. And you know what it is? The biggest thing is that I'm not putting pressure on myself anymore. Um, last summer, I felt I wasn't present for my family at all. I was out three, four times a week doing, you know, influencer stuff. And I was overwhelmed. I was stressed out. I had a hard time keeping track of what I was doing every day. Um, and I miss my kids, you know, like that was hard for me. So over the last few months as like fall winter set in um I started to say no to everything and I've been around the kids so much more I put them to bed now almost every night there's maybe like one night every couple of weeks where I'm not there to say goodnight and it feels so much more rewarding and validating and um just I feel so much more connected to my family again like I really lost sight of who I was in mid 2019 and I let this whole Instagram thing maybe not go to my head so much but just change me fundamentally and my values just control you a bit control me yeah so I think for me it's just 
I don't want to put pressure on myself anymore. Like I recognize that I am able to grow my account without doing all the things, mm-hmm. saying no to to more, just doing what I believe in and supporting the brands that I genuinely love and doing less. And I think it should be a year of not comparing. I think we get so lost and insecure when we compare. And I think 2020 is the year of just staying in our lane. Yeah, I'm. it's funny because my biggest thing is I'm trying to avoid conflict at all costs. Like, I hate confrontation to begin with. <laughs> I'm not good at it. Uh, and, and yet, there was a lot of drama going on in the influencer world um, over the last few months. And I found myself in the center of it and almost forced to pick sides or pressured to pick sides. And I said, no, like I'm Switzerland. I'm neutral. I choose not to partake in this. I would like to just stay in my lane. And someone said to me, you know, you have to stand up for what you believe in. And I said, I'm not not standing up for what I believe in. I just choose not to engage in this because it's not good for my mental health. So for me, like... I've always avoided conflict, but I think because 2020 is my year of tranquility, I will continue to avoid it like the plague. And that doesn't mean that I don't stand for my beliefs. It just means you're not going to get involved in something that doesn't serve you positively. Right. And and the reality is, like, as, as a married woman with two kids and a full-time career and a side hustle, I don't have time to leave my lane. I do not. I do not have time to engage in petty squabbles and drama and influencers who have big egos who can't get along with each other. And it's just, it doesn't serve me. And and that might be look, you know, might make me look like a coward, but fine. I guess I'm a coward if that's what a coward is defined as. Somebody who avoids conflict. No, I think that's a very mindful thing to do. I think you're being mindful. Thanks. Yeah. That means a lot to me. Yeah. Validation. Let's see. What else have I cut out of my life for 2020? I guess that's probably all that I've cut out. But in terms of what I've put back in, my meditation fell by the wayside really bad last year. Like toward the end of the year, I was just... Because I do it at night, which is maybe not the best time of day for me to do it. Because by 8.30, my eyes are closed and I'm like half asleep. (laughs) And I know that if I don't do the meditation while I'm still semi-awake, it's not going to happen. So because I was falling asleep so fast and so early last year, up until maybe like December, I completely forgot, not forgot, but I stopped meditating. Mm -hmm. And um, I made a mental note to get back into it. So like mid-December, I started getting back into it and I still suck at it. I'm still the worst meditator on the planet. But I'm more consistent with it. I wouldn't say I do it seven days a week, but I probably do it three or four on the nights where I can muster up a little bit of strength for 10 minutes of just quiet meditation. And I still use my Calm app. And it is really, really good for my sleep. And it's very therapeutic for me. And it helps me refocus and calm myself after a long, hard day. So I just want to be more consistent with that. I definitely want to take more yoga classes because today was eye-opening for me. My muscles are so tight. And if only just to get the stretch in, like, I don't need it even necessarily for the mental benefits, which are awesome and I benefit from. But 
I really need it for the physical component, the stretching, because I'm still doing really high intensity exercise three or four days a week. And once I get to a yoga class for the first time in six months, like today, I realized how tight I am and how unacceptable it is. I remember I used to refer to yoga as like my low intensity workout. I've switched it and now it's my high intensity workout because yoga can be very, very hard or very, very soothing and relaxing. But we were talking about this and I think yoga is my saving grace right now while I've been going through this thing. It's given me the right amount of time to think, but also the right amount of time to see my strength. I urge anyone thinking of doing yoga, but thinking like they're not strong enough or I'll look weird or this or that to just do it. Like buy a mat and do it. That's all. I just, I had to put that out there. Yeah. It's, it's just unfortunate for me that the one class that I love to take in my gym is at 5.30 on Tuesdays evening. And you know, that's usually dinner time with the kids. Mm. So I go beforehand and of course there's no class at that time at four o'clock and I just do whatever I want, but whatever I want often ends up being really hard, intense cardio. And then I'm in pain later. Um, maybe I should just start doing videos at home, like yoga with Adrian or whatever on, on YouTube. I tried, I tried that. I couldn't get into it. I don't know why. It's so much nicer being in a studio. Yeah. I feel like if I, if I really didn't have a choice, I would make myself get into it, but I'm lucky enough that I do have the choice. The gym I'm at offers yoga like three classes a day at all these different times, maybe even more than three classes. I don't know. So I go to one almost every every other day or something it's amazing yeah good life it doesn't offer it as often as it should um and it's also not the nicest studio like the good life studios are meant for like group exercise so they don't really have that studio ambiance that you need to get zen like the studio that we were at today like it it really lent itself well to calming Mm -hmm. meditation Mm mm-hmm so I can see why going to a studio is more beneficial. Well, years ago, when I thought I was going to get into yoga and never really did, um, I bought my mat and it costed quite a bit of money because I got it from Lululemon. And I was like, oh, maybe if I put all this money into this mat, I'll use it. And then I didn't use it. So it happens. Yeah. Oh, but certainly. now I use it all the time. Oh, last summer I um, bought three classes at this downtown um just just a regular studio different classes they have like a hot hot room and a a cold room and it's mostly circuit training and I bought a package of three classes and I went to the first one and I despised it so much and I said Hmm. cool like I'm gonna let the other two go to waste because I just I hated the atmosphere the teacher was belligerent and made me feel so inadequate she was like why can't you keep up with this group you know like I'm a fairly fit person and she made me feel very inadequate and I said you know what sometimes it's just not worth the money to to put yourself through trauma I will say yoga is like therapy though you need to find the right teacher the right atmosphere and the right time in your life to go And if one of those things are off, it's awful. But when they all click, it's the best thing that'll ever happen to you. That's what I've learned. Because I've been to some awful classes and I've had some awful teachers. But now I have the ones that I like and and it's great. I mean, it's the same about finding the right RMT for your massages. I guess it's everything's kind of like that. Yeah. The right thing. The right thing. It has to click for you to persevere with it. 
Like the only reason I'm as consistent with my massage therapy every month is because I have the same R- like the best RMT in the world, and I know like I, I I go to her home, and we know it's every you know every first Monday of the month or second Monday of the month at four o'clock. I'm there, and it's just it's a set schedule. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you have a set schedule and feels like everything's fallen into place, it's it happens very naturally. So with all that being said, we are so grateful to be back and get you caught up on our lives and what we've been enduring or we've not been enduring the last, you know, six months, seven months, eight months, maybe nine months. Um, We thank you so much for tuning in and we hope that you'll tune into our next episode. And we will be back. It won't be seven months, I swear. No, no, no. We're back and we're going to be more consistent. And um, we hope that if we have any new listeners that you'll subscribe and listen to us because we are so passionate about what we do and and we hope we conveyed that today thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time or we'll hear you we'll we'll connect next time yeah have a good one